And uh, say, I want to thank Pastor Tim for letting me preach tonight. Uh, it's a very sobering thing to preach the, the word. Um, we were in Dundalk this morning, and you know, I, I get a chuckle out of it. I still get a chuckle out of it that a former RUC man is preaching in Dundalk. Um, I wouldn't have been found dead in Dundalk a few years ago. Maybe a few men would want me been dead in that town, but um, you know, just to be there this morning and preach the word of God in Dundalk and. Um, you know, God's doing things everywhere you go. Um, honestly, it doesn't matter where you go on this earth. I'm telling you, if you've got eyes to see and ears to hear, you'll see God's doing something. Um, and, you know, I just want to say this by way of introduction of what God's led in my heart tonight. Everywhere Jesus went, he would say something to the effect, they've got eyes to see, but they don't see. Or they've got ears to hear, and they can't hear. And... You know, that's a very sad thing that people can act. These, they saw Jesus. They actually saw his miracles. They heard the greatest of preaching. And yet they went to hell. That's hard to believe. But tonight I want to talk on the subject. How you respond to his voice will determine your eternity. How you respond to his voice will determine your eternity. If you've got your Bible tonight... Would you turn to John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 1? John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this service. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the testimony already, Lord, to your power, your continuing power, oh God, moving in this day. Lord, we just settle our hearts. I pray that each of us, Lord, would expect you to speak tonight. Lord, it's a very sacred thing, Lord, not just to preach the word, but to sit under the preaching of the word of God. And Lord, I just pray that you would anoint me, Lord, just give me your unction, your power, your liberty. But Lord, give us ears to hear tonight. Lord, that we wouldn't go home and miss what you would want to say to us. So Lord, just, Lord, have your way. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 How you respond to his voice will determine your eternity. We're living in a day where everywhere you go, you talk to people and it seems like everybody's a Christian. You go to funeral after funeral, and it doesn't matter how big a rascal they were, Jimmy's in heaven playing his harp around the throne. And honestly, it gets to the stage where you wonder, well, where is all the unbelievers? Even though the whole town knows that he was a rascal, still at that funeral, they get up and they lift this guy up and elevate him up. And it's not just an Ulster. Sometimes when you live in Ulster... You think it's just an Ulster thing. But 
I wasn't too long in Nebraska knocking on doors, talking to people just out and about. We realized even in Nebraska, everyone thinks they're a Christian. Um, but Scripture gives us many evidences as to what distinguishes between a genuine believer and a professor. Um, the Bible is not vague. It's not ambiguous. Why would it be on this big issue of salvation? Why would it be gray? Um, if you're a student of Scripture, and if you're aware of God's dealing with you personally and others around you, you will know that the big issue that divides between the real believer and the phony is their response to the voice of God. People either embrace God's voice and are supernaturally changed, or they ignore it or reject it, and they pay a great cost for all eternity. Um, there is no more powerful an illustration of that than the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep. In fact, Christians are likened in, in this book to sheep, and the unbeliever is likened unto a goat. But we should be careful to reflect upon the teaching that accompanies this illustration, because there are some very powerful clues as to the true character of a Christian. We shouldn't miss this tonight. Jesus says in relation to his sheep, and listen to me tonight, John chapter 10 verse 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep, and listen, and I am known of mine. His sheep know him and he knows them. Jesus said in John 10 verse 27, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Uh, he says in John 10 verses 4 through 5, The sheep follow him for they know his voice. They know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. What does this mean tonight? It means this, that a Christian recognizes the voice of God. And I want to say this tonight. If you're in this service and you recognize the voice of God, you're halfway there. You may even be an unbeliever in this house tonight. You may be a backslider in this house tonight. But if you can recognize his voice, you're blessed. I'll tell you why. Because there's many that don't even recognize his voice. But that's half the battle. The other half is then yielding unto what he is saying to you tonight. Um, not only does a re Christian recognize his voice, but they respond positively to what he's saying. A Christian here is shown to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, basically, a follower follows in the master's footsteps. Um, is that who you are tonight? I'm not saying do you call yourself a Christian, but what I'm saying is do you recognize his voice and do you follow in his footsteps? Um, over this last few years, I've kind of reflected upon what heaven on earth is. You know, because we pray the Lord's Prayer or we read the Lord's Prayer. Many of us at school would have prayed the Lord's Prayer every day at school like a ritual. But I've asked myself that, what is heaven on earth and what is hell on earth? My conclusion 
to those two questions is this. Heaven on earth is when you can feel his presence and when you can hear his voice. Hell on earth is when you can't feel him and you can't hear him. Would you agree? Even for a believer, there's seasons we go through, and I'm telling you, we can come into a meeting like this, raise our hands, say amen, hallelujah, but sometimes we are operating literally by faith. And the worst place that we as believers can get to, I believe, on this earth is when we can't feel him and we can't hear him. Would you agree? That's as bad as it gets. But there's people out here tonight. They don't feel his presence. They don't hear his voice. They're living in hell tonight. Hell on earth, hell in heaven, or hell in eternity. One of the things that helps me when I preach is that I know that his sheep will recognize his voice. One of the things about preaching is this too. You feel so helpless at times. You open this book and you realize that you cannot change a human being. But as you open this book and you relay the the words of this book to the congregation, you know that his sheep will hear his voice, they'll recognize his voice, and they'll follow his voice. A spirit-filled preacher should never have to manipulate people into a decision. Would you agree? After all, change comes through the working of the Holy Spirit. There was a young man in Nebraska. um, We had just arrived in Nebraska. and It was about about six months and um, God was really moving. And there was young people like Cameron and Megan had got saved. And they were evangelizing at school. And they told me one Sunday night there was one of their buddies coming in. And I remember him coming in and where he sat. He sat about the second or third row. And he was an atheist. And he come in and he kind of walked like this year, like a lot of them do. You know, he's coming into church chewing gum as if, you know, this is all cool to me. And um, I remember preaching. And at the end, I made the appeal and he didn't respond. And, you know, I don't know whether there was any responses that night, but he didn't respond. And anyway, just at the as I was closing, I says, if you're here tonight, and maybe you're saying, not tonight, but I'm going to put it off to some other night to get right with God, then this could be your last night. And he was sitting there, and that's exactly what he was thinking at that moment. And he said, that moment he knew God was real. Now, he didn't respond. But six months later, he was at youth camp, and we were preaching, I think, I was preaching on four types of bird. What type of bird are you? I was preaching. Anyway, um, I think I was preaching on the vulture, the peacock, the eagle, and I forget what the other one was. What was it, Jen? Turkey. Turkey. Was it turkey or chicken? Anyway. So anyway, he again, there was no response at youth camp, but coming home in the van, we're heading, coming down into Walt Hill, and he says, do you know what type of bird I am? I says, no, Michael. He says, I'm a peacock. He says, I'm full of pride. I think it was a week after that he committed his life to the Lord. And thank the Lord. He's in the military now. He's living in Alaska. But thank God he's going on with the Lord. 
and uh, he married a, a lovely Christian girl. But I said everything to say this. I was standing in the kitchen one night and Michael was there. And he says, you know what? He says, I don't need a preacher to tell me whenever I'm doing wrong. He says, there's a preacher inside me telling me I'm doing wrong. And I'm like, that's real. And, you know, I wonder, I struggle sometimes because as pastors, sometimes we have to plead with people to read their Bibles. We have to plead with them to pray. We plead with them to come to the house of God. And I'm like, is that not the work of the Holy Spirit? Why do we drain ourselves? Like pleading with them to do something which is, it's not our work to do. I remember years ago, Pastor McCollum telling a story back in the days, um, back in the old, old days, that would have been probably. And he says that there were six guys that, um, young guys that he used to get to go to church. And he says, there were six of them. He says, if he didn't follow them up and pick them up and chase them up, they would never go to church. And he would do that for weeks and weeks. And he said it was draining them. And he says, one night he was going to pick them up. And he was just frustrated. And he said, the Holy Ghost said to him, who's keeping them? You or me? And honestly, we need to realize that if somebody is truly, truly saved, the Holy Spirit will be doing the work within them. Amen? Um, but everyone you know is either divided into one of two camps, sheep or goats. Sheep follow Jesus and go to heaven. Goats follow the, the lie of the devil and they go to hell. There's an old hymn that goes like this. Where he may lead me, I will go. I don't know whether some of you old timers know it or whether uh, you sing it here, but it goes like this. Where he will lead me, I will go. For I have learned to trust him so. And I will remember, t'was for me, that he was slain on Calvary. Jesus shall lead me night and day. Jesus shall lead me all the way. All the way. He is the truest friend to me. For I remember Calvary. Oh, I delight in his command. Love to be led by his dear hand. His divine will is sweet to me. Hallowed by blood-stained Calvary. Onward I go, no doubt, no fear. Happy with Christ, my Savior near. Trusting that I someday shall see Jesus, my friend of Calvary. You know, there was a scripture text that used to trouble me as a young believer. And I don't know why it's troubled any of you whenever you were young in your faith or maybe it troubles you to this day. But it's a scene from Judgment Day. And there's people in Judgment saying, Lord, Lord, we've prophesied in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. We've done many wonderful works. And the Lord says, away from me, I never knew you. Have you ever looked at that and sobered you up? And went, like, if they're missing it, what hope is there for me? Have you ever felt that? Anybody? And... I remember for years that used to trouble me. Whenever I got to that passage, it used to trouble me. I'm like, these guys, I mean, they actually look like Pentecostals. I mean, really, they're operating, they're functioning in everything that I knew as a child growing up and whatever. And it used to trouble me until one day I was preparing a message. And I said, Lord, what's going on here? And then I got an epiphany of what was going on. Here's Judgment Day. Here's Judgment Day. Brother, sister, here's Judgment Day. 
and they're standing before the Lord Jesus Christ. And what are they doing? They're talking about themselves. Lord, I've done this. I've done that. And I'm like, they're fools. They're not getting it. That's, I mean, and I've also lay in bed, and I'm sure maybe some of you have done it and laying, what, what am I going to do when I see Jesus? You ever thought that? Am I going to run to him? Am I going to just fall at his feet, weeping, whatever? And honestly, the last thing that I would want to do is just say, Lord, I've done this, and Lord, I've done that. And brother, sister, it tells us it's not by works. These guys think that, oh, by doing this and doing this and doing this, that somehow that's going to merit something to get them into heaven. I can tell you there's only one thing that merits us getting into heaven, and it's what he did 2,000 years ago. And tonight, if you're in this meeting, you're dependent upon anything, anything else, on what he done for you, you're going to miss the boat. But I want to get back to, um, to our message tonight. I want to ask the question, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you actually a follower of him? Or do you have an intellectual, well, I believe. As I say, you shake a bush out there, a believer jumps out of it. The Bible says even the demons believe. I'm talking about saving faith. The faith that turns you into a lover of righteousness and a hater of sin. What I'm saying is, we're living in a day where everybody wants to justify their sin. I remember one night, in fact, it's probably the first year we went to America. Um, I was watching Larry King one night. I must have been bored, but <laughs> don't ask me why I was watching even CNN. But I was watching Larry King one night, and there was a girl on who was supposedly a former evangelical gospel singer who was now a lesbian. And she was on flaunting herself, and, and there was a, a good Bible-believing preacher on there. And Larry King, of course, was trying to make a fool of the preacher. And he was trying to say, and she turned around to the preacher and says, do you not sin? She says, what's the difference between my sin and your sin? And I'm shouting at the TV going, but you're on TV boasting about your sin. You're parading your sin. And I'm saying, and then she said, do you ever have anger? And the preacher dropped his head on Larry King and says, I do. You ever angry with your wife? He says, he dropped his head. And I'm looking at that and says, he hates his sin. She loves her sin. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. We're living in a day where people say, oh, we can live whatever way we want to live. No, a Christian is a hater of sin and a lover of righteousness. But as I say, if you are a believer, you are a follower of Christ. I have a story I want to share with you tonight, a true story. Um, when I was young, um, we had a great aunt. And I don't know whether Davy ever knew her, but uh, she was my great aunt. She was my mom's aunt, and she was called Jenny. And Jenny Jamison had many, many sheep, okay? And the only thing was Jenny was getting really old, and... Um, she was getting old. She wasn't fit to sometimes chase the sheep. And of course, sheep and sheep, they would get stuck in hedges or they would get stuck on their back and they couldn't get up. And of course, she would phone mom and say, is the boys there? Could the boys come and help me? And of course, mom volunteered us. She never asked. Just say, yeah, sure, the boys will come around. It didn't matter whether it was raining or snowing out there. We, were, we had to go and help Jenny. And I remembered 
we would always go down. She couldn't find two sheep. And there was two sheep stuck somewhere. And there was like, must have been 20 fields to look in them. And of course, it was always somewhere where you could hardly find it. And um, But I remember us going and we would shout for the sheep and nothing would happen. And sometimes we couldn't find any of the sheep and sometimes we could find a couple of them. But I remember many times we would go down and we would be shouting, none would happen. Then Jenny would open her mouth and shout. And the sheep would come one by one, round the hill or up, up an embankment, whatever. And we would try and imitate her. And we would make the same noises that she was making, just boys being boys. And nothing happened. And I can tell you, even as a young boy, I used to realize them sheep know the shepherd's voice. And this passage is true. A stranger they will not follow. Um, even found it with the same thing applies with cows. Um, we used to live at the hill where my mom lives now. And of course, next door was John and Samuel. And they had a whole load of cows. And my brother and me and... Um, some of the cousins, whenever we were kind of bored, we used to listen to noises that the, the, the kind of farmers would make, you know, shouting and rat, used to rattle the gate twice, and then they would make these kind of funny noises that farmers make. And um, I don't know if there's any farmers here tonight. I'm sorry, okay. And uh, so we thought we would go down like 10 minutes before the farmer would, and we would rattle it twice and make all these funny noises. And the cows just looked at us. It's like, why are they not coming for us? We made the exact same noises. But again, they knew they knew who they belonged to. They really did. The sheep knew who their shepherd was. And I was just reflecting on this here passage tonight. And honestly, honestly, the sheep recognize his voice. They recognize you. You can try all you want to make people want to recognize his voice, but unless they recognize his voice, they're not saved. Would you agree? I mean, it says here, his sheep recognize his voice. But I'll say something else. In verse 5, a stranger, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. It's this passage that arrested me tonight. And honestly, what shocks me in our day is how so many people claim to be sheep of the shepherd and yet they continually, wantonly refuse to listen to him. And when strangers speak, they stand to attention and they're quick to run the other way. Why is that? Reality is they're not sheep. On the authority of God's word, if we take Christ literally at his word, sheep follow him, goats don't. It's easy in this Christian walk to get frustrated because you're earnestly trying to, or doing your best to get religious people to believe. But unless God speaks, Unless God speaks, our words are in vain. We're living in a day, it's not just for the preacher. You know, there's something we preachers do, and we rightly do, is before we get up to preach, say, Lord, help. Speak through me. 
But I put it to you, when you go into the workplace tomorrow morning, you need to pray that before you go into the workplace. When you go to your Christmas dinner or your family gathering, you need to pray before you go through those doors, Lord, help. Because I'll tell you, if you don't have his help, your words will either hit the ground or it could end up Armageddon's going to hit your family gathering. You know, the problem is it's contrary to many people's nature to follow the voice of God. There's a passage in Psalm that says this, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in a season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Can you see the descending order here? It goes from walking to standing to sitting. It shows us what the blessed man doesn't do. A blessed man doesn't do this. He does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't go with their voice. He doesn't go with their voice. He does not stand in the way of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of the scornful. I was talking to a young man, I think it was last night, it was last night, and it brought back memories of, um, I think it's his brother or cousin, would it be? Uh, Tommy McKinstry, would it be? What relative would he be? Cousin. Just thinking about his cousin. And I remember maybe 28 years ago when I was backslidden. I remember being drunk out of my head in Bambridge at the top of the town and bumping into Tommy at the top of the town. We're both backsliders. And... We both started to talk to each other, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Tommy? He says, what are you doing? Yes, and says, you know, and we started to nearly preach to each other. Like, this isn't the life. And by the end of it, our heads were dropping. I mean, what I'm saying is there's no, there's no purpose out there. The world, whatever it has to offer us, is empty. It's fleeting. And Tommy today is a pastor, a preacher of this gospel. And with the grace of God, I'm a pastor, a preacher of this word. But I'm just saying that it didn't matter where I went as a backslider. I heard the Lord's voice. It brought immediate conviction. I would be at a band parade. I could have been in a band parade going into a bar. As soon as I was about to go into that bar, an open air started up down the street. As sure as I was about to open that door. I remember one night being in Port Rush, coming out of a, a hotel about one o'clock in the morning, thinking I'm away from everything that I know on Bambridge. And as sure as I'm walking down at the bottom of them steps, the elder in the church is walking past at one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what I'm saying is that if you truly, truly recognize the voice of God, you can't run from it. In fact, you can run, but you can't hide. Because that voice is real. And you recognize that voice. And I can tell you the Spirit of God can speak to a man in a bar. Many a man has testified to the Spirit of God speaking in a bar. 
But what I'm saying is the key that I see in this reading is this, that those that are real, those that are real, recognize his voice. As I come to close, what is a genuine believer? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen? We're a new creature. We've got new desires. We're spoiled for this world. And we don't belong to this world. You know, there was a man in the Bible who was blessed, blessed with material things in this world. His name was Moses. But it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses refused to run with the crowd. He renounced their treasures and their riches. He refused to take the easy road. To fit in with this messed up modern age, you're going to have to be carnal. You're going to have to be selfish. And you're going to have to be liberal. Honestly, one of the things that shocks me today is this world today is more messed up than it was 30 years ago. How can anyone possibly fit in with this messed up world? I'll tell you, when it gets to the stage when people don't even know which toilet to walk into, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with this generation. It's confused, it's broken, and it's lost. God's sheep do not fit in with it. There is no way that a genuine professing believer could possibly fit in with this world today. Do you fit in? Young person, do you fit in with the mindset of this world? If you do, there's something wrong with you. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's a big speak. But the thing is, we belong to another world. When you're born again, you're born from above. You belong to a different world, different principles. As I come to close, I want to share a quote from Leonard Ravenhill. He says, there are three persons living in each of us. The one we think we are, the one others think we are, and the one God knows we are. Let me say that again. There are three persons living in each of us. The one we think we are. The one others think we are. And the one God knows we are. Amen. I remember when I came back to the Lord a number of years ago, I realized that God knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. That why act? I'm either fully in or I'm fully out. But the one thing that I can't be is half and half. There's no straddling of the fences in this walk. 
I want to say tonight, if there's someone here that's tempted with the things of this world, the world is going to destroy you. The world is going to take you to hell. The world has got nothing for you. The reality is, show me what you want to talk about, and I will know who or what you love. Show me how you spend your time, and I will know where your commitment is. Show me where your money goes, and I will know where your priorities lie. Show me who your friends are, and I will know who you really are. Birds of a feather flock together. Sheep want to be around sheep. Goats want to be around goats. It doesn't matter. It's the same in the animal world. I'm glad that I have a desire to be around the people of God tonight. And you know what? It's lovely that you have a desire to be in the house of God tonight. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. There's many of you, if it was a few years ago, it's the last place that you would be found on a Sunday night. Thank God for his voice. Thank God for his spirit. So as I come to close, there's a day coming where there is going to be a separation of the sheep and the goats. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then shall he say also to them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Sir, lady tonight, brother, sister tonight, this thing is real. How you respond to the voice of God will determine your eternity. Like the old Scottish preacher says, we're dying men preaching to dying men. You know, God willing, in a year's time, I'd love to come back to Ulster again. I don't know. I don't even know whether I'll be here tomorrow. Because the Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, because no man knows what a day brings. I remember my grandfather, Willie Mulligan, and the old timers used to say this, I'll see you tomorrow, God willing. We've lost that today. We're so presumptuous, see you tomorrow. We don't know what a day brings. We could all be into eternity tonight. He could come. The trumpet could sound tonight. This could be the last gospel service that you ever sit in. What side are you going to be on? Are you going to be with the sheep? Those that recognize his voice. Those that follow him. Because that's their nature. It's the nature of sheep to recognize his voice and follow him. Or are you going to be with those who maybe hear his voice, but they don't follow him. Or they don't even recognize his voice. Let us pray. I learned a long time ago in my understanding of this book.
people end up where they feel most comfortable. Why do people go to hell? Because that's where they were most comfortable. You know, I've had the atheists come to me and say, if God was a loving God, why does he send people to hell? But the fact is, they send themselves to hell. I remember an atheist come to me one night. One of the guys in the church brought him to the house and he left him off at the door with me. And he, of course, he, was, he says, you better talk to this guy because he won't listen to me. And he hit me with that. But loving God, if your God was loving, why would he send people to hell? Why would there even be a hell? And I said, sir, I have a question for you. If you were in the River Missouri drowning, and I was on the side of the bank with a rope, throwing that rope out to you, would you be a fool? Or would you be wise to ignore that rope? I says, you don't need to go to hell. I says, God has made a way of escape. And it's called the cross. I says, the cross is God's way of escape. Go past that, ignore that, and you'll go to hell. But I says, you'll never point the finger at God. You'll never say that God is a hateful God. God is love. Amen? And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is there one here tonight? Is there one here tonight and you're not right with God? Maybe you've wandered from God. Maybe you're a backslider like I was. But is there someone here tonight and you're not right with God, but you want to get right with Him tonight? Would you have the courage? Would you have the honesty to lift your hand? And by lifting your hand, you say, I need to get right with God. Is there one tonight? Is there one? It takes courage. It takes a courage to decide for Christ. Any fool can go to hell. Any fool can, can run with the crowd. But it takes a strong fish to go against the current. A dead fish goes with the current. But a strong fish can go against the current. Is there someone here tonight who's not right with God? You're, you're not saved or you're backslidden and you've heard the voice of God tonight. You recognize the voice of God tonight. And you know what you have to do. Would you have the courage to respond to his voice and say yes to Jesus? For the last time, this might be the last time some of you hear the gospel. Is there someone here and you're not right with God? You're not walking with God. You're on a wrong path. You're on the devil's path. You're deceived. You're listening to the lie of the devil. And God has spoken to you tonight. And you've heard his voice. I'm telling you, sir, lady, do not say no to his voice. You can say no to this preacher. You can say no to Pastor Tim. You can say no to this church. But don't say no to his voice. I beg you. I urge you. Please, on the authority of God's word. Please. Respond to his voice. Is there one more before we pray? Well, I take it that everyone here is right with God tonight and we thank the Lord for his voice. Let me just pray. Father, we leave this word with you. Lord, you say in your word that your word will not return unto you void. 
And Lord, it will accomplish that which it has been intended to go. So Lord, we rest in that tonight and we thank you, Lord, that as the voice of man ceases to speak, that the Spirit of God can speak on. And I pray if there's one here tonight that is battling, is struggling, I pray that you'll give them no sleep tonight. Lord, many times we've heard testimonies of people that wrestled all night because the Spirit of God kept speaking, the voice of God kept speaking. And Lord, that's all that matters tonight. Lord, that you speak on. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, we give you, Lord, we just pray, we beseech you that you would speak on tonight to anyone that doesn't know you. And Lord, that they will bow the knee. Lord, before this night is over, in Jesus' precious name, amen.